Karen, how do you like to suit up and show up? Uh, if I get to go shopping, then I'd love it. That's always a great thing, right? <laughs> exactly. Let's get as many shoes as possible and show up wherever we want, however we want. Well, I know a lot of times it's important to make sure that you have the right state of mind when you show up to do whatever work it is that you're going to do. So it might be a nice topic for us to talk about, don't you think? Yeah. Let's get started. Hello, everyone. This is Javier with the Gub Geeks. And I'm Karen. Also with the Gub Geeks, <laughs> which means that together, of course, we are, again, the, the Gub, Gub Geeks. Geeks. There we go. <laughs> we really want to make sure we're hammering in that repetition. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us together. Uh, we get together every Thursday at 6 o'clock to talk a little bit about getting in and getting ahead in government. And this week, what are we talking about, Karen? We're talking about suiting up and showing up. Nice. It almost sounds like kind of like superhero type, right? You, you suit up and you show I mean, up to Superman save the day. Do? He had to go into the what were, there, what were those things called? Oh yeah, something a about booth like with a right? phone in it, and the phone had a cord, and you had to put in change. Which change, like like what those little circular pieces of metal? Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. We haven't used those in some time. <laughs> But yeah, yeah, you definitely have to, to suit up. And in fact, also, I think uh, Captain America said something similar to that as well, uh, where he's like, yeah, if you're going to fight a war, you have to wear a uniform. And he goes out and he gets his Captain America uniform. Mm -hmm. I think we have straight off topic. No, you're right on topic. Oh, we're talking we about suiting up. So what does suiting up mean in this tense? Well, I think it's making sure okay. that you have the right equipment for whatever it is that you're going to do. So you're, you're suiting up, you have the right gear, you're prepared and good to go. You have um, the right knowledge, skills, abilities, training, all that of that of stuff, mentality, yeah. mentality. And I'm thinking even, you know, more in the literal sense in terms of suiting up that it's always good to suit up. Lucky tie, lucky guy. <laughs> and then the other one on showing up is just deciding how you're going to present yourself mentally. What, what your thoughts are, how you're going to decide how to have an interaction with someone. Am I going to show up angry because I had a bad start to the morning and I'm going to get in and just have a bad day and make everybody miserable with me? Or am I going to go in saying, this is going to be a great day? Exactly. This is how I choose to show up. The other things happening around me may be terrible. There may be other things that you can't control. Maybe someone cut you off in traffic and everything on the way there, but you are making the active decision that you're going to show up and have that great day because happiness is a decision. Mm -hmm. Ah, well, let's go ahead and talk about some strategies to help you all get in the right frame of mind to suit up and show up. So what's the first one? So the first one is to be prepared and mindful. Exactly. Yeah. Kind of like the Boy Scouts, always be prepared. You know, I was a Boy Scout. Yeah. Just, just thought I'd throw that out there. <laughs> <laughs> and I think the idea about always be prepared really makes sense. It's having this preparedness concept for whatever it is that you're doing. Uh, if you're walking into a meeting, be prepared for what potential issues, problems, concerns may arise. Have questions uh, ahead of time prepared or answers prepared and at the ready. So in the event of someone asking a detail, you have that information right there. Uh, anticipate whatever the questions are, which I think is 
the whole idea about being mindful as well. Right. Or have a notebook or some way, whether it's a device to take notes. I think nothing, I, I guess, bothers me more than when somebody shows up to a meeting and they don't even have a way to like take notes. So it's like, we're just going to sit here and just chit chat or, exactly. you know, we're going to have some actions and outcomes. Productivity. Exactly. <laughs> you know, I, I once was interviewing someone and they showed up and they had their briefcase and everything ready, uh, but they didn't have a notepad or a pen. Uh, and so they, they asked the person to borrow it and everything that was in terms so of preparation. Just looks. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> they showed up with, uh, you know, they suited up, but they didn't necessarily show up. They weren't mindful and they weren't prepared. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, that, that leaves a definite mark in the memory as to, you know, okay, is this person going to be reliable? Are they going to be the ones to be able to do all of the work necessary? But at least hopefully it was a nice bag. It was a gorgeous bag. Absolutely. We spent the whole interview talking about the bag. Right. What if it was like a special heirloom of his grandfather's that, you know, was just a good luck Absolutely. charm. A good luck charm. Those are good. <laughs> um, so, Karen, you, you talked about like bringing uh, notes, having a notebook as well to jot down different topic points, have do outs and everything else as well. Uh, an I'm agenda. An agenda. That, that's a fantastic point. Yes. So if you are coordinating the meeting or the event, have the agenda sent out ahead of time so people can be prepared, know what they're going to be talking about, know what the issues or concerns are so that this way they can be prepared when they show up as well. Mm -hmm. There's nothing like, you know, someone sitting there going, oh, yeah, we totally have the information for that. Had I known, we would have prepared and provided that for this meeting ahead of time. Right. But if it's a regular meeting and you know there could be a hot topic, again, you anticipate. But yes, it's always good to have an agenda so you can be ready for what questions are going to be asked. Absolutely. And and just from, from experience, I mean, what do you think about when a person shows up and, and they have uh, mindfulness, they are prepared, they have the right information, they know the people, the dates, the discussion points, all of that. It seems like any question that you ask them, they're prepared, they know it. I mean, how does that come across for you? It makes it feel like a productive meeting or at least worth the time rather than kind of like sitting around and, you know, not not knowing things. And then, well, let's have another meeting to discuss that after you get the information and mm. sit down and meet again. So, yeah, kind of like rework on top of all of the other mm -hmm. stuff that's happened, plus project delays and everything. And we're when we're talking about government work, uh, there could be very important uh, response items or actions that are needed in order to keep the public safe. And if those uh, progress areas are delayed, well, the service to the public can be delayed as well. Mm -hmm. Which uh, I think goes to as you are or if you are the person who is setting up the meeting that you are prepared, kind of how you mentioned with the agenda with, you know, this is what we're going to discuss so that, you know, you don't want to waste everybody's time, including your, yourself. Mm -hmm. So you want to make sure that you have that outline so everybody can come to the table prepared and ready for a productive meeting rather than, you know, back to back meetings where at the end of the day, you're like, what did I accomplish today? <laughs> you just feel like you're going from meeting to meeting without actually getting something done. 
Yeah, mm -hmm. definitely. Uh, you know, a lot of times we spend so much time in a meeting that we're not actually at our desks doing whatever it is that we need to do in order to show progress or to have discussion points during the meeting. It's just like everyone gets together and, and talks about something. And I, I think that's one of the reasons why the uh, concept of a meeting or the idea about people getting together to discuss certain things can seem a bit, well, daunting, frustrating. You know, I know a lot of people out there are really against even having meetings. Yeah, they've had a lot of experiences like that where they're there and they're like, you know, you can ask me questions about this or you can give me the time and the space to actually do the work. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Something to think about. Um, and if you're organizing the meeting uh, itself as well, you can also ask yourself, well, what is it that I want to accomplish in this meeting? What are we getting out of this? Mm -hmm. Do and, I need a three hour meeting to get this done? Right. And do I need to have every single person there in order for this uh, goal or objective to be accomplished? Yeah, that's another thing, too. Yeah, so what's the second strategy? So the second strategy is to decide how you show up. Ah, so you're making a decision. I think that that is the most And it's key. empowering. It is empowering. Yeah, it's so impactful. That's the key word in the whole thing. Um, we have the opportunity to make the decision to choose how we want to be in that moment. So something could happen, we can get triggered and then fly off the handle. You know, oh, this report isn't here, or this person did this or didn't do that, and oh, scream to the heavens, why God, why? Or we could choose to make a decision to say, that's on that side, and I'm not gonna allow that to affect on this side. Mm -hmm. I'm not gonna allow that to trigger me. Right, yeah, definitely. Um, you know, that, that takes a little bit of thoughtful- Reflection. Reflection. Mindfulness. Mm. Yes. And maybe as part of that, there's the questions of allowing yourself to feel the emotion and then kind of ask yourself, why am I feeling this way? Mm -hmm. uh, what about what just happened or what that person just said? How is that affecting me? Why am I allowing that to get underneath my skin? Mm -hmm. uh, you know, for some people, um, there are certain responses or reactions that you feel. And it's just, it's so hard to kind of avoid that because of whatever relationship you have with that person, whatever latent concerns, issues, problems, et cetera, that perhaps are left unexplored. And so when they trigger you, ah, you just, you know, it happens. Mm -hmm. Or it could be a situation where it's just pent up emotions that you haven't dealt with. And, you know, they just come out at, at the wrong time. It was like the, the, the last, what is it? The, um, Hair on the camel's back, straw, straw on the camel's back. <laughs> yeah, it's just the, the the one last thing that like triggers everything. So <laughs> you don't want those pent up types of feelings. Right. Well, I know we've talked a whole lot about the importance of reflection and self-discovery and, you know, that thought process and everything. And it's like, yeah, I mean, how many times have we been in a point in our career where we do something or say something and then later on we're like, Shouldn't have done that. <laughs> yeah, I think I had that like within the last couple of weeks. We're like, needed to take a breath before I responded to that email. But I mean, I, I dealt with it after the fact in person. So, I mean, it's, but yeah, it's one of those things where it's like, oh, you know better than this. <laughs> well, I appreciate you mentioning that because so Karen is very thoughtful. She has a lot of self-control. 
But this is a perfect example where you can be very mindful, you can do a lot of reflection, and yet still get triggered. Mm -hmm. I mean, we're all human after all, right? Mm -hmm. So I think that was very brave of you, not only having the issue, then admitting it, then going back later on and working with the person, mm -hmm. and then even now being very open and willing to actually have a you know, brief discussion about it. Yeah. I mean, it happens. It's how you react to it after you've already reacted in a way that you know is not appropriate right. is, you know, how do you deal with those ramifications? And, you know, instead of just making an excuse, I'm like, ah, they deserved it, whatever. <laughs> like, no, it's, you know, it's a stressful time. People are stressed and, you know, but you gotta make sure that you are accountable for your actions. Of course. I'm willing to bet that after you've gone through all of that reflection, had the discussion with the individual, the odds of something like that happening again, if you've answered all the questions as to why you were triggered and addressed them, uh, the odds of that happening again aren't as great. Hopefully, Hopefully, yeah. yeah. I mean, on the other hand, uh, I know we've both worked with colleagues that don't do that, and it's like they they explode <laughs> one thing or another almost consistently. You could be like, yeah, okay, watch this. I'm going to say this, and they're going to pop. <laughs> Something I happened. seem to recall many, many, many years ago, you running through hallways because you were in trouble for putting something in the mail that you weren't supposed to. And you're just running through the halls with the biggest smile on your face. Yeah. Even though you were in trouble. Yeah, it definitely was. I mean, the supervisor wasn't the nicest people, but yeah, and you know, I'm willing to admit that there was something that I did that but I shouldn't have. You had, a, you had a smile on your face while doing it. It was just the most amazing thing. <laughs> like, I was just standing there watching you like, oh, I'm going to go get that. And I'm like, it would be like bawling and crying. Like, oh, no, what are we going to do? <laughs> exactly. Well, that's just, that's making the decision, mm -hmm. you know. How are you going to show up? And how are you going to show up? Yeah, th those are really powerful things, and those are some bigger questions. And really, for me, you know, having the chance to smile, to laugh at myself or the situation, that, that's certainly something that's there. So then now we can look back at it and laugh. Now we can we all laugh. From it. <laughs> exactly. Well, but I think it's just something for also just the leadership aspect of it and setting the tone from the top, as they say, right? So setting the tone for your team, setting the tone for the people that you work with. So... You want to try to, you know, that's how you show up, right? How would, you know, how would you want or what kind of environment would you like to work in? And that's how you show up. Yeah. And, and you know, it's interesting because you mentioned like tone at the top, which is absolutely important. But at all levels, we can choose what tone that we want to bring. We can choose how to create the culture around us. And while it may be more effective and a whole lot easier if the tone at the top is really, you know, that nice, comforting environment, but you're not always going to have that in the workplace. Mm -hmm. uh, what I've always found is that no matter what level you are, if you create that type of uh, collegiality, that comfort, then other people would want to be a part of that as well. And that's how that culture kind of grows. It's, it's almost infectious. Uh, maybe the bigger question is, well, what makes you happy? So how would you like to work and what environment would that be for you to be happy doing what you're doing? Uh, some people love stressful environments. 
they like the the yelling and everything and it, it's just you know they're all fired up about accomplishments and getting stuff done and being competitive and all that and others appreciate the uh, joyful laughing getting the work done uh, collaborating together all of that sort of stuff so there's just a, a bigger question what do you want for your happiness and what do you want to design for yourself and others mm -hmm. good questions ah uh, yeah yeah they, they, i think about these topics a lot <laughs> Okay, what is the third and final strategy? Determine your future. Determine. Another very powerful heavy. word. I was going to say, it's very, very heavy there. Yeah. This, so, this sounds like suit up and show up. We're like determining the outcome, just like stoically looking to the future. Back to the future. Looking back to the future. Well, I think the idea basically is, well, what is it that you want? Uh, I mean, if you want something, okay, well, what can you do to work towards that? If you don't want something... All right, well, what are you going to do to help avoid that or to build a, a career or an environment that is away from that? And maybe that's a, a wonderful thing. Kind of like earlier on in a career where you're in different positions and you're learning more about what you don't want to do as opposed to what you definitely want to do. Um, so, heck, if you can find 80% of that great stuff in a job, that's better than like, oh, my gosh, I, I only have 5% of the things that I actually like in this job. Right. Or... I think of it kind of as that old adage of dress for the job that you want, which I mean, yeah, maybe actual physical clothing, right? But just embody the type of person that you want to be in your career. So if you're looking to be a specific type of leader, just there's nothing stopping you right now from doing that or, you know, embodying that type of person oh absolutely we are the heroes that we have been waiting for make the decision don't like try to find that in someone else or put your own interests and desires that you have in an environment or a leadership position uh onto someone else because that's not them that's you so if that is what you want embody that live that you know from your experiences what you like and what you don't like and how you choose to behave in whatever environments. So make that your style, make that your choice. Mm -hmm. uh, basically, if you're getting yelled at and you're running down the hall feverishly, you can decide <laughs> With a to smile. smile on your face. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm curious, just thinking about all of that, uh, deciding how you want the future to be. Well, what is the future for you, Karen? Wow, that's very powerful question. I, I don't know. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. I'm trying to focus on the present right now. So. Well, I appreciate you mentioning that. And, you know, that's true for a lot of us, really. I mean, well, why am I going to think about five years from now when I'm so stressed and concerned about five days from now or what's happening in five minutes mm -hmm. or what just happened or maybe even what happened five years ago that you don't have the space to think about forward thinking of what you want or what you don't want. But at least you can pick uh, a moment in time and think through, well, what did I learn from this? How is this valuable for me? How can I use this to move forward or to make myself better? So you can kind of grow towards that. You don't necessarily have to know where you want to be, you know, at the big accomplishment in your career and everything. Right. But or, or like pinky in the brain, where it's like, <laughs> what are we going to do tomorrow, brain? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I thought you were going to say brain slang. Go for it. Oh, 
take over the world. <laughs> I try to take over the world. I think between the two of us, I'm definitely pinky. You're the very smart brain. Mm. Determined, focused. Maybe. Zoinks! <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Okay. Well, yeah, those are our three strategies. Um, Karen, just to recap, what are the, the three again? So the three to suit up and show up are first, be prepared and mindful. Second, decide how you show up. And third, determine your future. That's awesome. I think all of these are very uh, positive, empowering topics for you to really think about. Uh, so yeah, th those, are, those are all yours. Please allow yourself the opportunity to consider them, implement them in your lives, and hopefully really allow yourself to suit up and show up going forward. So now we're moving on to the next section, which is our part where we have questions from the Gov Geekdom. If you have any questions, please feel free to reach out to us at thegovgeeks.com. Uh, submit your questions there in the contact us section, and we may be able to answer your question here on our weekly show. Uh, so we have two questions for us uh, this week, Karen. What's the first one? How did you get your start? How did you get your start? That's such a great <laughs> question. Uh, well, for me, honestly, I, I started for, uh, it was in the Department of Justice, the U.S. Attorney's Office for the Western District of Texas in El Paso. I was a law clerk. You almost did a little southern whistle there. <laughs> <It's> so, <laughs> sometimes, y'all, the, the Texas in me kind of squeaks out. It happens sometimes, <laughs> but it's okay. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I started out as a law clerk. I was a student temporary employee. And believe it or not, I found out about the position because my former babysitter, uh, when I was much younger, had that position. And just through you know luck and networking and everything, I found out about it, put in the application, and thankfully they selected me. Interesting how it works, right? Mm -hmm. How'd you get your job, my babysitter? <laughs> there you go. That's all you had to say. <laughs> How'd you get your start? Babysitter. Well, how about you? Hmm. Well, I guess my start would have been when I was the research assistant at the University of Texas at El Paso. UTEP. Um, working on uh, cataloging a lot of military brain research, which was super exciting. That's awesome. Um, really enjoyed that uh, work. And of course, Dr. Rosillo, who, you know, was a pretty strong um, staple in our growth for our career. Absolutely. Um, Thank you so much, Dr. Rosillo. We very much appreciate you, seriously. Yeah. And then from there, really, I think being in forensics really solidified what, what I was going to. Forensics, like like dead bodies and stuff? Like I mean, CSI? that too, but speech and debate. Speech and debate. There we go. Yes. Forensics is a term for that in uh, college. Right. Right. <laughs> um, and being, you know, the platform captain, I think, with you, right? Or co-captains. That's right co-captains that was pretty good yeah and then from there just that led us to all these wild experiences and um you came to dc fell in love with it mm -hmm. and i think early on i knew i wanted to be in public service so um just kept on at it and eventually made it there so yeah and, and you know a lot of the tips we talked about today i think were applied throughout our career I mean, deciding your future, deciding how you want to suit up and show up for the opportunities. And those are the sorts of things that when you combine them 
and have a commitment for them year over year because it comes more of like a habit, you embody the career growth that you're looking for. Right. And I think the thing that forensics did the most for me was get me out of that terrified shell of being in front of people and speaking in front of people. Um, and I think that really helped me out a lot. So thanks to, of course, Sean Mena and Dr. Trejo in that program where they saw something in me that I did not see. <laughs> um, so I think having that type of encouragement and empowerment as you're, you know, going through your growth process is extremely helpful. Very much so. Yeah. And it's just, you know, they're public servants uh, as well and what they had done as their employees of the University of Texas system. That was incredible. Changing lives. I mean, really shaping the, the future for people. Yeah. So. And then we got to do broadcasting on the local. Yeah. Um, NPR affiliate mm -hmm. on KTEP, KTEP, 88.5 FM. I enjoyed that. <laughs> Had yes, a great I time often doing say that. you enjoy hearing the sound of your own voice. Me? <laughs> really? <laughs> okay. Um, so the second question is, is the SES worth it? The Senior Executive Service. What are your thoughts? I think it's really up to the individual. I think you need to understand. So it depends. Well, what about you, Karen? Is it worth it for you? I would think it would be worth it. There you go. We heard yeah. it here first. Uh, submit all of your applications directly. No. Uh, yeah, please continue. No, I just think based on the impact you could have as an SES, I think um, it would be worth it. Uh, the SES, those, I mean, it's, it's a career decision on how you're deciding to change the career in the direction of government. They're very influential positions, very important positions to have. And for everyone's awareness, uh, you typically have a graded scale from one through 15, and then you have the SES. Uh, a majority of them are in the DC area. Uh, and these are a group of individuals that ensure the continuity of operations from administration to administration. So government continues to operate the way that it's supposed to. Um, but yeah, very, very impactful decision-making policy setting. Not so it's a lot of responsibility yeah. though. Again, the Superman quote, right? With great power comes great responsibility. So what did I say? Superman. Oh my gosh. You can take away my card now. <laughs> That's okay. Spider-Man. You can just, I'll say Spider-Man and then you can just insert it. Um, so, but it really does come with a, <laughs> with a lot of responsibility. So I think, you know, maybe not now and maybe I would think it's really hard to do it for a lengthy period of time just because the impact of it. But I think it would be worthwhile um, to at least get to have that impact That's at some point, point in your career. I had never really considered that, uh, that the idea that maybe not now or not for an extended period of time, because I've known a lot of people that have really established themselves in their careers. They've done great work uh, all, all the way up to the GS-15 level, and they, they stay there for a number of years. And then when their their life around them kind of settles down, uh, their their kids are a little bit older, um, you know, this way they can dedicate themselves a little bit more because there's a lot of after hours work that happens in most of these SES positions. And then also the point that you're mentioning, 
uh, not for an extended period of time, a lot of people become a part of the SES or join the SES and they stay there for, you know, a couple of years, five years or so. And then they move on to something else because <laughs> mm -hmm. you can only be expected to do so much for so long. Yeah. Uh, well, that question is really up to you as well. Is the SES worth it? It's an individual decision. Uh, if you choose to go down that path, that's fantastic. Congratulations mm -hmm. and, and good luck. We really appreciate your service. So there we go. We've uh, exhausted another fantastic half hour talking about some wonderful tips to help you get in and get ahead. And now for my favorite part of the show, Karen, what is your moment of Zen, your, your culmination of everything great? Each time you just make it so much harder to like live up to. <laughs> People's lives really here, their future is depending on this. No, I, I think you want to make sure how you show up and whether you determine that and identify what you want to do in the future, how you show up will determine how you show up as a leader as well. So always show up as a leader. I think lead wherever you're at and make sure that you just emanate that and exude that throughout your career and try to be positive. I love it. Thank you so much. I really do. That's what it's about. <laughs> choose, choose how you want to show up as a leader and help others. That's really what it's about. Uh, we really appreciate your service and we look forward to seeing you next week.